Welcome to the Wasatch Report. This is episode number 78. I'm Suzanne Sherman. Today, Jeff Johnson and I are going to be talking about the economic tailspin that is affecting everybody. Is this an economic tailspin or is this actually Biden's build back better and we need to hit bottom before he can build us up? We don't know yet, do we? You can listen to us on Anchor FM. My website SuzanneCSherman.com will take you to both this show, the Wasatch Report, and the Red Hot Chili Prepper podcast. If you're not following my preparedness podcast, today will convince you that that is something you need to do as well. We've got some great advice for there. We're going to get a little bit more into the political aspect of it today, which is what we really try to avoid over on the Red Hot Chili Prepper, but we're going to give you the best of both worlds. You can also find my books as well as my blogs, again, on my website. My books, Federalism, How Decentralization Can Save America, the Red Hot Chili Prepper Survival Series, Food Preservation Strategies, and Doomsday Dining Recipes from Camp Apocalypse. We're going to show you today, if you're not convinced by now, why it is so important to stock up, be prepared, because feeding your family is going to be the challenge of the 21st century. Also, speaking of food, Harvest Right Freeze Dryers. I do have an affiliate relationship with them. You can find them on my partner's page. Again, SuzanneCSherman.com is having a sale, Memorial Day sale. Right now, you can get free shipping, which is not cheap. These are big appliances. And you are getting the premium pump included in your order. Typically, that is the mid-tier pump. They have a regular standard pump. This one you get at no extra cost to you. This is the pump for that machine of choice as far as I'm concerned. There is a higher grade one that does not require oil. But folks, this is a fantastic deal. So if you can make it happen, now is the time to do it. Jeff, how are you? Boy, howdy, things are getting crazy right now. I think the weather in Utah is reflecting what's going on in the rest of the country. We've been going back and forth from sunshine to snow and hail and rain. I I don't even think the weather knows what to do next. Yeah, no, we're doing pretty good here. It's been on and off sunny, but it gets windy and I think it's going to storm and then it clears up. I mean, it's just very strange, but yes, uh, who knows? I mean, we're, we've been talking the last couple of days and we're just as confused as probably just about everyone else's by what is transpiring inside these, this continental landmass. And as far as I'm concerned, you better buckle up because it's going to be a rough ride. And Jeff, you and I have had some great conversations this past week, and that's what a lot of this show is going to be about. You and I just having a conversation about our concerns. But before we get started, I want to share with you an article that I came across right before we went live, and this has to do with the Supreme Court. For those of you that follow us on Facebook, and you can do that, facebook.com forward slash Suzanne Sherman's The Wasatch Report radio show. If you go there, you will see a live presentation we were Jeff and I uh, actually, instead of putting this up on Anchor, recorded a live presentation with audience participation about the leaked ruling, proposed ruling from the Supreme Court, which purportedly overturns Roe versus Wade. We got on to, and we got into all the legalities uh, about that on that show. You can listen to that. But boy, if you want to understand more about this case and why they actually did the right thing, regardless what your stance on the procedure is, do read my book, Federalism, How Decentralization Can Save America. Once you understand, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You, uh, I shouldn't have interrupted you, but it is actually interesting 
uh, before we get to what your article, this article or this video is about, uh, Oklahoma has passed a new law that is being decried by many across the the amber waves of grain as being an extremist bill. And it pretty much outlaws all abortions in Oklahoma. And this is actually federalism. If you don't like it in Oklahoma, if you don't like that law, move somewhere else. Don't stay there. You know what? Too bad. They want that there. Move to New York. Move to California. Move to some place that doesn't mind murdering babies. It, you know what? That's federalism. And that was just very interesting. We hadn't talked about this before the show. And I just, just remembered that Oklahoma had passed this bill. And uh, it, it really does go right to the heart of your book. Well, this is why it's so important not to let your policy preferences dictate what you want to see happen, particularly from Washington, D.C. or the Supreme Court. You know, again, this is there's nothing more uh, that is the antithesis of republicanism, little r republicanism, than expecting the will of essentially five politically connected lawyers in their black robes to decree what the law of the land is for 350 million people. That kind of power, which the court, the imperial court has exercised and enjoyed for well over a hundred years is coming to roost now because when they start ruling on matters like this, this is when the problem I'm about to describe comes into play. This just came out of Newsweek, May 18th. The Supreme Court justices are threatened with murder if Roe is overturned, according to the Department of Homeland Security. Now, this is what's interesting to me is uh, the DHS's warning of an increase in threats of violence, including against Supreme Court justices if Roe versus Wade is overturned. And here's what I was saying before, that these kind of threats were going to be used to get them to change their mind. When we did our Facebook Live presentation I had shared the story, and I don't know if a lot of people remember this, but Ruth Bader Ginsburg had said originally she wrote the dissenting opinion in the Affordable Care Act decision. So this is uh, my my theory there was a, that opinion was also leaked and somebody got to Roberts and then she was with the majority. Boom, just like that. So on Wednesday, NBC News obtained a DHS memo The memo said some of these threats discussed burning down or storming the U.S. Supreme Court and murdering justices and their clerks, members of Congress and lawful demonstrators. This comes shortly after, again, the draft uh, opinion was leaked. And my point is, when we talked about this, Jeff, was that this was leaked entirely on purpose with the intention of getting them to overturn that decision. If the decision had been the con- to the contrary, where this would always remain with the federal government and the states could not regulate abortion, there would have been no leak whatsoever. It would have been, here, see, we told you so, and now Roe is still the law of the land. Roe and Casey versus Planned Parenthood, which we said was the case that effectively took it away from the states where it belonged in the first place. Thoughts, Jeff? I'm not quite sure where this is going because uh, when we did our live, I was of the opinion that this was leaked to rally the Democrat base because they are going to get murdered in the midterms because of the economy and everything else. And I think that they needed something to get their vote out. And this was their only way to do it. I I honestly did not believe that they're going to overturn it. I think that Starry Decisis is going to win out in the end. But 
we'll see. Uh, others told me that they this is a done deal because it's already been written. Only time will tell. When it comes out in November, we'll know what it was. Well, and the Alito opinion that was leaked said it is so ordered. So let's see what becomes of that. But again, somebody had shared this and I saw it on social media and I said, well, this is what happens. They've enjoyed, you know, this kind of power for so long now and and now they can enjoy the consequences. And of course, everybody's piling on me going, this shouldn't be happening. There's no justification for calling for murder. I said, I never said that. What I'm saying is when people feel so disenfranchised that Five lawyers can come up with this decision that affects 350 million people. You are going to have violence. Again, I actually, Jeff, I, I share the story. I was on an afternoon talk show out here in Sandy, Utah on KTalk Media. And one of the hosts told me, we need the Supreme Court so we don't have fighting in the streets. And I corrected him and said, no, we have fighting in the streets, particularly because the Supreme Court is taking on these rules and people do not have representation and they feel like they have no say. This is why we have the fight. Interestingly enough, one of the hosts from that show just sent me a friend request. So I hope that he uh, is listening to this today. But again, having this kind of opinion down, come down, five justices, 350 million people affected by this, this is the natural and entirely predictable outcome of the power of the of the imperial court it was never intended to have this kind of power and this is what we're seeing now our feckless members of congress are saying well we need to codify this meaning it's okay if congress comes up with this legislation no it is not there's no constitutional authority for congress to rule on abortion whatsoever. Even Mitch McConnell, feckless, stupid Mitch is saying that they were going to work on having a, na a nationwide, pardon my French, ban on abortion, which is equally as unconstitutional. And this is, again, another reason why my book, Federalism, How Decentralization Can Save America, is so important. It really gets people to understand power needs to be taken away from Washington, D.C., or this kind of violence is going to just continue. And I think by now, Jeff, that that horse done left the barn because we're going to see what ha what is happening in the economy right now, which is also thank you to the federal government and private banking, the Federal Reserve. Thoughts, Jeff? I think that this all will all tie together in the end. I think you'll see the violence coming from outside the court and you'll see the violence uh, coming from the inner cities because of the economy and the shortages and the price increases that we're going to start seeing in the very near future because honestly i don't know how the prices aren't being passed on for the for our groceries at the grocery store right now with the cost of trucking yeah and we're going to get into why that's so expensive finally you know one more thing that we've been talking about why i have been harping so much about getting food supplies it's going to get more and more expensive while we are struggling while we are in this astronomic debt what did our government do they just passed sending $40 billion to Ukraine. 11, only 11 Republicans voted against this legislation. I'm going to give them a shout out. Marsha Blackburn from Tennessee. Boozman from Arkansas, who, by the way, do you remember Jan Morgan, Jeff? I do not remember Jan Morgan. 
she's this pro second amendment neocon who made her fame by her claim to fame was banning Muslims from her, from her range. She had a gun range and she banned Muslims and all the, all the right wingers just thought she was a freaking hero. And now she's running for uh, Senate, you know, United States Senate in the state of Arkansas against, by the way, the very individual who voted against sending this money to Ukraine, a, a senator named Boozman. So I asked on her on her Facebook page, I'll be trolling her maybe, and uh, how she would have voted to send this money to Ukraine. I think we already know. Also, Braun, Indiana, Crapo, Idaho, Haggerty, Tennessee, Holly, Missouri, Mike Lee from Utah. Thank you, Mike. Loomis, Wyoming, Marsha, Kansas, uh, Paul, Ron, Rand Paul, Kentucky, Tuberville, Alabama. Here's the thing with Rand Paul. His initial objection over this was over the lack of accountability and how the taxpayer funds would be spent in Ukraine. He sought to have the U.S. oversight on how the money was eventually used amid Putin's invasion of Ukraine, and he eventually voted against the rule, the 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 bill. But again, he wasn't against it from the get-go, like he should have been, like his dad would have been. So he's another fraud. We've talked about these frauds that people are thinking are absolute heroes and nothing's going to change as far as they're in charge. Yeah. I'm going to just go and say, uh, say that I have uh, no reason to applaud any of these 11 people because in the end leadership said, uh, yeah, we have enough votes. You guys can do whatever you want. Uh, it'll make you look good to the, uh, well, you can throw a little red meat to the conservative masses and you can sound all conservative and it really doesn't matter because we got what we needed. And so go ahead and make all your little noise and we're good with it. Fine. Pat you on the head, go away little boy and girl. No, I don't, I don't applaud them because in the end they don't matter. They may, as you said, Rand Paul may have voted for it if they given him what he wanted so in the end, is he against it? Uh, probably not. Uh, is Mike Lee against it? No. I mean, it's it's great political theater for uh, the conservative masses out in Utah. You know, it's I, I, honestly, I hate to be I so think, cynical, but you know what? I, they're all in it together. I mean, it doesn't matter even, who they are. I think even the conservatives are happy with this. I was just having a discussion with somebody on my Facebook page saying he called himself a fiscal conservative who was fine with the United States sending help overseas. So here's a self-proclaimed fiscal conservative who's actually fine with the $40 billion printed again, which is doing nothing but causing misery here with more inflation. So we're going to take a quick break for our friends at Anchor FM and talk about what's happening stateside. We'll be right back. We could pretend tonight that it won't end tonight, but I can't Pretending things will be okay. I wish I had the nerve to say, I don't want to live this way. I don't want to live this way. 
Welcome back, everybody, to the Wasatch Report. I'm Suzanne Sherman, Jeff Johnson, and I want to turn our attention now from the Supreme Court and from the $40 billion gift to Ukraine to the misery that this federal government has been inflicting upon the people here stateside. It's really important to send money over to help Ukraine. Meanwhile, baby formula is in short supply. And uh, meanwhile, people are feeling the pinch at the gas pump. We're going to talk about that. And also when they're trying to buy food, tell me inflation is limited to what, six or seven percent. The stock market is tanking. We are in a tailspin. We're going to talk about that a little bit today. Jeff, I told you I was watching an interesting video, too. We're going to focus on gasoline also. But something I saw that was called Why is the United States Running Out of Everything? And they focused on two commodities at the beginning. And of course, unfortunately, they were blaming climate change for this, which is, you know, horse pucky. But interestingly enough, rubber and getting the rubber, natural sources of rubber, and what impact that's going to have. One impact I saw was synthetic rubber is not an option to use for airplane tires. As we know, airplanes are used a lot as part of the supply chain, shipping goods, moving people around. This is going to be crucial. What's going to happen? Are they going to start stretching the tires farther? Because it's in short supply, are we going to start seeing some failures when planes are taking off or landing? This is scary. Another shortage that they talked about was sand, which seems crazy given these massive deserts that compromise so much of the Earth's surface. But the issue is with the surface sand in the desert, that has been moved around and and polished so much, it's not it, it's too fluid to be useful like ocean, like the sand on the oceans and from riverbeds, which is the type of sand that is used for concrete and construction. So now think about these two things. And also what else is sand used for glass? Are we going to have a shortage for, I don't know, windshields, windows for your homes, cell phone glass? Go ahead, Jeff. Well, I think it's interesting that uh, we're, there's going to be a shortage of rubber Maybe um, Bill Gates could invest in vat-grown rubber. I mean, he's investing in – they're all investing in all the other vat-grown everything. So let's, uh, let's have some vat-grown rubber. Well, it's interesting, too, that he's uh, purchased so much farmland. It's also interesting that he's advocating lab-grown meats. It's also interesting that in 2020 he started investing in um, a different way of producing breast milk. Baby formula. And sure enough, now we have a shortage of baby baby formula. Bill Gates to the rescue. I have to ask the people that have seen Bill Gates as their savior, both for their health and for baby formula and for food. Why do you put your trust in a man who has openly advocated for massive depopulation of the earth? Do you not see the fallacy of putting your faith in this man? I don't understand that mindset, Jeff. It's interesting that these people are putting their faith and uh, trust in a guy that's a eugenicist, that he wants to kill off people. Somehow, I guess they feel that they're not going to be ones that he's going to kill off. Well, also, you know, this ties back into uh, cutting off of our sources of meat. You know, we did a show on the Red Hot Chili Prepper about the beef industry. And is that on the verge of collapse? Now, again, we're looking at monkeypox. Well, who's who's in charge of the vaccines and who's been backing all of that? 
Bill Gates, of course. And so now we're looking at monkeypox. And there's an article, again, lest you think we're a bunch of tinfoil hatters that find these obscure sources on the interweb of things. NBCnews.com. How do you get monkeypox? Humans can get monkeypox from animals either through bites or scratches, or here we go, preparing meat from wild game, according to the CDC. There you go, Jeff. Once again, they are attacking a way of being self-reliant. They said the same thing. They said you could get COVID from friggin' white-tailed deer. <laughs> yes, they they seem to have it out for, uh, well, we already know that they are out to get rid of hunting. They're out to get rid of ranching. They're out to get rid of people raising rabbits and goats and everything else on their property to be self-sufficient and to be rugged individuals and not rely on somebody else to provide their food. And as you said, they are pushing this fat grown something. I'm not going to, they're going to, they call it meat, but I call it something. Well, we Who knows what the heck it is. We did a show about a, a processing plant in California that was using lab grown meat as well. And also I want to refer people, we mentioned our other podcasts, the Red Hot Chili Prepper podcast. We did a show about a law that's proposed in the state of Oregon, which would essentially cripple the cattle industry, the beef industry out there. They would make selective castration for selective breeding and production and the health of the herd a form of sexual assault. And you can only eat animals that die of natural causes. So you're going to keep healthy beef along uh, around in your pasture, and then you have to wait till some pathogen kills it. Then it's safe for human consumption. Are you kidding me? This is the mindset of these people. This is what we're trying to warn you against. So, you know, we're looking at all these different kind of laws and we're looking at all these shortages that are also coming about. A lot of this is fallout from what's going on with between Russia and Ukraine and the response to it. We're seeing uh, hyperinflation in Germany for energy costs because the German government thinks it's more important to get involved in the Ukraine war and pick a side in that than it is to keep their own people warm. India is banning wheat exports as heat waves are hurting crops and domestic prices are soaring. So folks were losing that source. We know I believe 40% of the world's wheat is also coming from Eastern Europe. Stock up on wheat, flour, wheat-based products. Know how to mill your own flour. If you can do that, get stock up on that. Stock up. Think also about pastas. That's wheat-based as well. If you want some of that, get that. That will stay frozen for a long time. You can also cook it and again, freeze dry it, something a lot of people do on there. But again, this is something from Yahoo Finance. Again, folks, this is not some tinfoil, tinfoil hat uh, esoteric <laughs> website. This is Yahoo Finance. This came out in April of this year. And they are saying that CF Industries Holdings Incorporated is a leading global manufacturer of hydrogen and nitrogen products, informed the customers it serves by Union Pacific Rail Lines that railroad mandated shipping reductions would result in nitrogen fertilizer shipment delays during the spring application season, and it would be unable to accept new rail sales involving Union Pacific for the foreseeable future. I wonder who gave this company their marching orders. Just I'm not thinking. quite sure. I, 
I do know. I'm not sure who owns that specific one. I do know that Warren Buffett is heavily invested in in the train industry as a whole. So I'm not quite sure if he owns that and if this is uh, part of his contribution to uh, tanking our economy. Yeah. So and here's another one. Now, this one's from Zero Hedge. Now we're being told to expect food and diesel shortages for the foreseeable future. We're going to be wrapping up with what's going to happen with the cost of of gasoline here. But here's what they're saying here. If you think that the food and diesel shortages are bad now, you'll be horrified by what the globe is experiencing at the end of the year. Food production is being crippled by an unprecedented confluence of factors war in Ukraine, bizarre weather patterns, nightmarish plagues, historic fertilizer crisis have combined to create a perfect storm that isn't going away anytime soon. The food that won't be grown in 2022 will become an increasingly severe global problem. By the end of the year, global wheat prices have already risen by more than 40% since the start of this year. And that was just the beginning. We are facing unthinkable diesel fuel shortages in the United States this summer. As you will see below, there are no plans to increase refining capacity in the foreseeable future. Jeff, this is where we get into the argument that the United States government is really going uh, is really at war with the American people. So the first thing the Biden administration did day one, day one, shut down the Keystone Pipeline. We're going to take a break for our musical sponsor, Roxanne, and revisit this after the break. We'll be right back. Music for this program has been brought to you by Roxanne, courtesy of Rat Pack Records. Radio Silence is the album and is available on Amazon, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, RatPackRecordsAmerica.com, and RoxanneBand.com. you were gone, that you would move on, but you're here on my caller ID. I'm not surprised your delusional mind thinks it might be alright to call me. Welcome back, everybody. This is the Wasatch Report. I'm Suzanne Sherman. Jeff and I are talking now about the diesel shortage and what's going to happen and how that impacts food as well. Where we left off was an article on Zero Hedge saying that we need to expect shortages for the foreseeable future. We talked about how the Biden administration shut off the Keystone Pipeline. They're canceling uh, oil and gas leases. They're also shipping unrefined oil overseas. So we are losing our own reserves. Jeff, this is from our strategic reserves. I just wrote an article about that as well. How can you say that this regime is well-intentioned? Well, I can't. And you know what? I, I keep seeing people posting that 
Joe Biden this, Joe Biden that. In reality, it's our government. It's time to stop worrying about whether it's a Democrat or whether it's a Republican and just start focusing on that 10 mile square in that swamp in uh, in Maryland and and that and just realize that, you know what, it's Washington, D.C. that's doing this to us and stop worrying about the R&D after the name and start realizing that Washington, D.C. doesn't want to ha- doesn't like our way of life. Washington, D.C. doesn't like us to be self-reliant. Washington, D.C. wants us to be a bunch of people that are reliant on them so that they can control us. It's time to stop just putting it on Biden and start to realize that it's everyone that's in Washington, D.C. And you know what, Suzanne? I had a thought this morning. You know, they actually are fitting into the definition of treason. They are making war on the states. They There is a case that could be made that everyone in Washington, D.C., whether it's the elected official or the bureaucrats, are actually making war against the American people. And that is the definition of treason. So I'm not quite sure where to go with that, but it was just a thought I had this morning. Well, and I don't think we actually need to even pick apart the constitutional definition of treason. We can clearly say that they are doing everything they can to destroy life as we know it right now. One of the points the author of this article of this article mentioned was eventually we're going to see armed guards in supermarkets and on food delivery trucks all over the nation. Pardon my French, that's his word. I'm quoting him. But Jeff, I saw this at the beginning when they had the COVID lockdowns and they were shutting down uh, Walmart, for instance, in Tooele out here in west west of Salt Lake City, Utah. And before the store shut down, which was early was going to be shutting down at eight o'clock as opposed to they used to be open 24 hours. There was a police car parked right in the entryway, right to the side of the entry on the sidewalk with the lights, you know, the lights, the lights were on. And this is full intimidation factor. This is don't you dare complain if the store is closing, you will be peaceful or ultimately what we will kill you. And this is what the article saying too. expect armed presence in the grocery stores, expect armed presence, much like you would see for the armored carrier, the arm, the armored cars for money, taking the money out of the, from the stores to the banks and that sort of thing. Expect that when they're transporting food. I mean, this is going to be crazy. And one of the things we've been saying all the time, why you need to be prepared, your next door neighbor your community, you will never experience the kind of savagery from these people. You would never expect it until what? They cannot feed their families. They have children that are starving. They haven't prepared. They don't know what to do. And this is where it gets ugly. This is going to be the social unrest. Jeff, you shared with me an article that said expect, and this was actually, this one's out of Newsmax. Yes, that is a conservative site, but facts are facts. Some gas stations across the country, here we go, are bracing for the next big thing surging fuel prices exceeding $10 a gallon gasoline. $10 a gallon. Jeff, where are you at in Pennsylvania? Because you're telling me right now you're already having to weigh the cost of going to work. At this point, I can still afford to go to work. But when gasoline hits $10 a gallon, I'm going to have to reevaluate. And think about the people that work at, say, 
Walmart or Target or, you know, just one of these local um, uh, Walgreens or something like that, where they're not making $20, $30 or $40 an hour, but are making somewhere near or just above the minimum wage. At $10 a gallon, will they really be going to work any longer? Are there going to be people there to stock shelves at any of these places when gasoline just becomes outrageously expensive? There is going to come a tipping point where people are just going to say, enough's enough. I can't do it anymore. I'm done. Well, particularly if you think of more affluent areas where the people that have these lower income uh, employment opportunities can't afford to live in the communities they serve. When I lived in California, there was actually people commuting from a town called Tracy by Stockton. We're talking about a two hour commute into the Bay Area. I saw one guy even had a little plane. He got a plane and was flying out there. But you're seeing people that are having to travel. I remember firefighters saying that they had to live two hours, three hours awake because they couldn't afford a home in Los Altos Hills where they were stationed. One of the most expensive pieces of real estate, you know, areas to buy real estate in the country. So this is what we're going to see. A lot of people cannot telecommute. Firefighters, law enforcement, teachers, a lot of people that have to be there to stock the shelves, like you mentioned. Telecommuting isn't going to work for these people. At what point does it make it, does it make it for them no longer make sense for them to get in the car? So now let's, let's take this the next level. These people can no longer afford to go to work. Now it's a negative for them to go because they're spending more in gas or they're spending enough in gas. Now they can't pay their rent or their mortgage or, or buy food for their family. Well, now, well, let's see. They've been commuting for a while, so they have a commuter car they're making payments on. Well, they've lost their job now, and now, lo and behold, the bank's going to come and repossess their vehicle. These people, through no fault of their own and through the deliberate malfeasance of government entities, are going to have the co-conspirators of these government entities and their policies, meaning the banks come and repossess something they worked hard to put money into. It doesn't matter if you're close to paying your car or house or whatever off, you're going to lose it and the bank wins. What's going to happen to people who can't pay their property taxes? I would like to know what the counties have planned for people who no longer whose money has vaporized, either in the stock market or through inflation, and can no longer pay their property taxes, even if they own their homes free and clear. The government and the banks get your property. They win every time. Every time. It is at this point very disconcerting. And that was where we were the other night when we were talking about this. That It's just disconcerting. I don't know what's going to come of this. At some point, they are going to win. And it was already told us that by a certain date, we're going to own nothing and be happy about it. Well, you know what? I'm not happy about it. I'm not happy about what they're doing right now. So at some point, Something's going to break. And unfortunately, I do see some I, I can see people getting violent in the oh, near absolutely. future. I mean, I, I'm not in, I'm not advocating violence. I'm not suggesting violence. This is in no way to say that I want violence. It's just going to be the inevitable end of what these people are doing to us. And you know what? It's time that something has to give. And, you know, we've talked about it. I keep posting about it. But, you know, it's time to break this up. 
get out from underneath the Washington, D.C. That really is all we got left because they are waging a war. And unless we do something, they're going to win it all. You know, the outrage that's being directed towards the United States Supreme Court over the issue of simply it's not even banning abortion. It's saying that the states have the authority and always have had the authority to regulate this. But the now the pro-abortion contingency has declared this is going to be the summer of rage. So this is this is their hill that they want to fight on. Meanwhile, everybody else is saying, well, we can't we can't advocate violence against the Supreme Court. And I'm not saying I'm, I'm advocating it. Like Jeff said, what I'm saying is this is the natural, predictable and absolute only outcome we're going to see as the government takes these steps against us again. And it's not just the Supreme Court. It's all avenues of government that refuse to stop printing money, that refuse to stop sending money overseas when we are suffering here. They are printing money like it's going out of style. Give the Americans some relief. How about you reduce our taxes? Why are you taxing us at all if you can just print money? You're printing, you're making us pay taxes because you want to keep us so busy. We have to, we don't have the time to truly get organized and challenge what you're doing. Everybody's trying to scramble and earn a living and not, and and not go underwater with either their mortgage, their grocery bills or their gas bills. Yes, we are in, as you started the show out in a tailspin and uh, it's never going to end well when a plane's in a tailspin. Yeah, absolutely. So anyway, we just wanted to have this discussion and share with you a lot of our concerns. Uh, The diesel prices, the gas prices, this affects everything. It affects the delivery of our food. It affects the availability of when we mentioned the uh, issues with rubber and with sand, with glass, everything is going to be impacted. So get what you can now shore up your home, form a community with your friends. If you need to get good with God, do that too. But it is time to get ready. Please follow also the Red Hot Chili Prepper podcast if you want more information on how to be prepared. But right now, Jeff and I have been talking about this for a while, and we just wanted to just give a big, you know, big information dump from just a multifaceted, have a multifaceted approach of all these areas where everything's going south. Please, everybody, just get ready and start paying attention because a lot of people, like I mentioned, I started to mention earlier, the people on the left are actually threatening to kill Supreme Court justices. Again, this is observed with detached fascination. We're not advocating that. But I'm also saying, look, the conservatives are saying, well, we just need to vote Republican and this is all going to go away. There's no voting yourselves out of where we're at right now, folks. So think about that. Read my book, Federalism, How Decentralization Can Save America. Start there and uh, keep listening to our shows. Thanks for listening.